Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spin Posh Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm Ryan Slowinski. And I'm Bartek. Yes, that's correct. That is correct. You nailed it. You yeah. got it correct this time. Got it on the 20th take, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had to keep starting and stopping. You kept saying the guest's name. You kept saying my name. Yeah. And then I said, Cut! All right, Bartek, this <laughs> From is, the top. <laughs> from the top, this is the final take. And then we're nailing this. I mean, yeah. The rest of what you're going to hear, there's no editing involved. We're just going to keep it all in because that's what Spin Polish is about. We are both about keeping it in and repression, which is also a form of keeping it in. But also, we, are, we like to spit and we are both Polish and that's why we're called Spit and Polish. And we present to you an un- unappreciated masterpieces because you know why? Because we're so brave. We're brave enough to give you a podcast that's a feature-length audio commentary for a film that seemingly doesn't deserve a commentary, seemingly doesn't deserve praise or love. And we say, hey, 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 stop being mean, okay? Be brave. Isn't it braver to look a movie in the mouth and say, nice mouth, instead of saying, get that mouth away from me? Uh, you know, that's that's what I it's, think. You know, it's an unreasonable request to say, get that mouth away from me, if you're just looking at the mouth. It's not like being presented to you or anything. Yeah, exactly. How rude. Or maybe it's like a really in- intense, uh, complicated way of saying, shut up. Shut your face. You know, we, we, we cover movies that need more love. Films that were not necessarily forgotten, but not necessarily remembered. You know, they're, they're not appreciated. They're not valued for the piece of art they are. Because people got involved, guys. You know, work was put in. Costumes were made. You know, a camera was hired, you know. Yeah, you, you said people got involved, guys. But, you know, you could also be, say guys got involved, people. So, like, whichever one you prefer. <laughs> Involved guys, people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's all I've got to say about that. You know, geez. That was a Forrest Gump quote. Well, it's also a Yoda quote if you really want to go there. That's what I have to say about that? Yeah. No, the whole entire quote <laughs> where it was like, involved guys, people, please. That's all I have to say oh, about I that. I yes. That's all I have to say about that. Um, Bartek, we are covering a legendary film, but I don't know what the film is. I think you need to tell me, and you need to tell the audience, because I know they could read the title of the episode and say, Ryan, it's this, but I can't hear them. Yeah, you're in the future, guys. We're the past. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, in the moment, we're in the present, but when you're listening to it, it's the past. Well, you just said that in the past. Oh, shit. You know, someone's going to be listening to this when we're dead and in the void of space, and and they're going to be listening to it... And they're going to be like... This is the last remnants of humanity that I have to (laughs) live with, huh? No, no, no. They're going to be like, this is is all Dad had left. And we're like, who's the dad in this situation? Little do we know it's the guest. Um, Bartek, what's the film? The film that we are doing today is Dudley Doskonawi. You want to go over that again? Take two. Take 21, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, take two of that line. Right, hello, listen, people. Hello, Bartek. Yeah. Uh, f- fast forward. Mouth. The movie that we're doing today is Dudley Doskonawi. Oh, you know, I understand the first word, Dudley. Hmm, Dudley, Dudley. And you're speaking Polish. Yeah, the rest of it's Polish. Well, yeah, the last word. 
<sighs> Look, that's I what we're meant to do, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you don't, you know, you speak Polish, I don't speak Polish, so ha 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 joke. Oh, but I'm gonna actually do some detective work. Some, I was wondering uh, why you weren't speaking <laughs> Polish. You know, I'm gonna do some Mountie work on this one, and that you, that, figure that you're out. Actually, very close. Right I'm very Mountie. close. Dudley, 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 Dudley Moore. Oh my God, are we doing the Arthur remake with Russell Brand? Nailed it. I haven't seen that one. I've only seen the original. Well, are we doing that? We can. Is it unappreciated? What, the original or the remake? The remake. Oh, it's definitely unappreciated. It's got Russell Brand in it. That says Let's unappreciated. Do it. Let's do it. Right on the box. All right, guys, we're doing Arthur. Okay, good. Arthur from 2011. Oh, wait, we've prepared for an episode, though. Oh, what? Oh, what's that? It's the movie we're doing. What is it? I thought you were doing detective work. Oh, I, I, I figured out the... You realise you're not a detective. No, no, I figured out <laughs> if um, uh, Arthur was unappreciated. <laughs> Case closed. Right. Now you do the work, Chief Inspector. Tune in next week for Arthur. Anyway, today we are doing Dudley Doskonawi, which... Alright, I need to translate. I need to do it right. Okay. Um, did you like how I... Because it's Dudley Do-Right, so I said... Oh, it's the film Dudley Do-Right. Yeah, from uh, 1996 Upside Down. What? 1999. Oh, I was like... It didn't Fun fact, up. everyone, 6 Upside Down looks like 9. I thought you were saying 1699. <laughs> oh, the whole four numbers. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. No. 6, yeah, yeah. In yeah. which case it would be, yeah, like 9,661. Yeah, sure. That's a long time, We're up, guys. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, you're reversing and upside down again. Is well, that if you what upside you're down something, you know, like right hand will be on the left. So. No, no. Oh, you're like flipping each individual number. <laughs> <laughs> you, know what the best, you know what the best part of this is? Yeah. We've already covered this. We've already, we've already covered this mistake. On the show twice before. <laughs> we already got over this. And that's what you should be doing, going over all of our previous episodes for the fun bits of life. But we have a fun bit of life joining us for the show, and I'm going to introduce him because I, I, you know, he's the OG. He's the original guest of the show. Oh, he's God. the, he's, he's our father. Not you know, really, but Steven Tyler, great to meet you. No, no, no. He's the father of the human race. God might say he is his own son. Will Brooks. Hello. How's it going, guys? I'm your guest. Such a godly introduction. Well, you know. I mean, greeting. Greeting. I was talking about what he did, not you, Ryan. I did a great just, introduction. Just a, just a Ryan. So, guys, you're going to get your copy of Dudley Do Right, the feature length feature-length film with uh, Brendan Fraser, who is a returning regular on this show. He feels like a part of the furniture, Brendan does. He's been on one episode, right? No. Has he been on more than one? Yeah, I feel. I only know of Monkey Bone. Ah. Well, he, he's in Dickie Roberts' former. Oh, himself. that's right. Yeah, he had a little you, cameo. How could you fuck? He was a big. He was one of the bigger cameos. He was the dad. So get your copy ready, because you're gonna press play when I say play, and you're gonna be lined up now. Just for those at home, yes, the version we're watching does include the little animated short before it. So the fox, the box, and the locks. So you know, have that one ready, or else you're gonna be lost. So if you don't have that, wait for us to do like a second three, two, one. No, three? no, no. They're just gonna have to suffer, suffer. Three, two, one, play. There we go.
guy. Do we do an unappreciated masterpiece on the Fox the Box and the Lost? Well, isn't it unappreciated? It is, you know. Like, I didn't prepare comments for it. Well, I, 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 I have some comments for it. Okay. 10 out of 10, loved it. Okay. Did you like the twist of, um, you know, she she wants to close the, open, the, you know, the book? The book, open, keep the open. Yeah, 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 I love and, that. And, you know, <laughs> she, she, like, you know, shows off, like, kind of like a model, uh, like a car show. It's like, look at this title, and then the book And it gets crushed on That a... doesn't happen at car shows, so... I yeah. love the fox, it's about with a P. H. 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 Yeah. Hold on, I was giving you the Sorry, I'm really excited. I love the horse. Will, you're, you love horses. That's accurate. Are you the old man in this sequence? Is that the character you relate to the most? I don't have glasses, but otherwise it's it's pretty close, <laughs> I've got to say. <laughs> the tooth is what really gets it. It's a nice touch. Will has blue a, a lot as well. Yeah, Will wears blue and has a singular bottom tooth that's covering, you know, the lip area there. My legs quiver as well a lot. He's a quiverer. Happens. And he, he's like the kind of motif. Or like the book ending of the the short, the whole idea of I didn't say when, oh. the whole idea of when. It's called a setup. Yeah, it's gonna come back, guys. And it's a punchline later. And little did we know, little did we know. Bartek, which character are you in this short? In this short, look, I'm kind of full of myself. I think you know that. So yeah. I, I have to say that I am the the second dumbest guy in the village. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the milkmaid. <laughs> no, no, no. Even though I did do a June foray impression in our Rocky and Bullwinkle episode, I am not. I am not she. You're not she. And then who am I? Great question. You know, it seems obvious to say Fox, obviously, but yeah. You're short and you're tall. I'm very tall. But uh, then again, I said that I'm the tallest character, so you know. Yeah. Maybe you're the horse. I'm. No, I'm not the horse. Oh, you don't want to be dead. Yeah, that's I, a good question. Who I, are you, Ryan? I I will tell you who I am. I am the chest. Mm. A very important character because... Because you've got poetry written on you. I've got poetry. No, it's a threat. I've always got threats. It's a poetic threat, though. Oh, as all threats are. Yeah, it rhymes. And inside of me, I have a con man dying every single day screaming for help. Help me! And that's a con. That's the con of life. I feel, like, I feel like artists would interpret that as being that you are the con man. No, no, no. Just because he's deep within side me doesn't mean I am him, you so, know? Uh, so you're a chest that has threats written on you in a very poetic way. I'm full of treasure. Ha- yeah, but you hate you hate the fact that people try to have an artistic uh, interpretation of the fact that you have a con man inside. He's like, guys, it's just a literal thing. There's a guy trapped in here. It's not Look, that I am guys, him. I could tell you that when I put the con man inside of me, it was, you know, on purpose, but like, you know, that's not what I was feeling when I put him there, you know, take with that what you want, you know, assume whatever with that, except for don't. I'm just the author of this story. Could, I, could I ask you a question? I like about questions. The, about the chest? Yeah, so, about me. Yeah, go on. So it wasn't locked initially, but then it became locked. Well, yeah, yep, yep. You know, you close the lid, it locks in. Right. I, I really closed the lid on the case too. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm the cow. <laughs> I oh yeah, there was, was another character. A big one. And his nose is so big that he can carry the the the, the what's it called again? The sack. They had a word for it, didn't they? Do they say sack? They did specify the type of sack. It was I, a special sack. You know, they're like, it is the specialist sack in the world. We know it's not a dress. Well, no, because she uses her dress as a sack. And he's like, oh, thanks. 
I guess... Or was she using a sack as a dress? Yeah, but here's the problem, Will, all round, is a dress out of all kind of clothing would not be the best unless altered for being a sack. Due to the fact that it is open on the bottom. You know what I'm saying there? Like, like if you put coins in it, it would just shoot through. And we're coming up to the ending right now. Years have gone by, and I've grown... Uh, and nobody cares. Like, yeah. that old man's still alive. I'm happy that you didn't rot, but you did have, like, thorns growing around. Well, I'm thorny. On the outside, Connie on the inside, but on I, I the... I got married. You got married years it took you, but I had. I'm slow, right? No, I like the fact that, that what that's saying is the short is saying she's not in love with him just for the money. Mm. It took them years to build up that relationship. Yeah. And the old man, Will, is still alive. Maybe. No, he was. He was on the horse. Was he? Yeah, because it says years later. And and you know who cared about the fox? It cuts the old man. He has the, best, he has the punchline joke where he's all like, Nobody cares! <laughs> Oh, of course, Will's character doesn't care. No, he says no one cares. No one cares. He declares it because he is God. He's the oldest and the wisest Even the in the town. So, guys, that was The Fox, The Box, and The Locks. I loved it. Thanks, Mike Day from 1999. Now, Bartek, can you shed some light on why they put that in the front of the movie? I believe, and by the way, listening people, the real Dudley Durite signing now. Um, I believe the reason is that it was a short that they made in the 70s um, for a series called Fractured Fairy Tales. And I believe someone important to the project, uh, Dudley Durite, died. I, was it? I don't remember if it was Jay Ward. Probably. It might have been Jay Ward. It was someone His related. film killed him. It was related to the whole Rocky and Bullwinkle and Dudley Do-Right uh, universe. And I believe they included it at the start of this film in theatres and in the copy we're watching and maybe the copy you're watching as a sort of homage to him. Yeah. There's a little tribute. There's maybe. a little thanks for the job. Yep. And then we get some nice child acting. Oh, I love the child acting because it reminded me of animes a lot in which the lips don't match up at all to the voices. Is that a thing? In animes? No, in this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Were they, yeah, were yeah, they yeah. actually dubbed or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's ADR. It's, yeah, clear ADR lines because they're outside near ducks and all that and a horse. So... There would be too much noise for a scene like this, so all their mm. lines are like, she's talking and she'll be like, you know, her lips would be slightly out of sync, and you just hear her, obviously the sound recording booth, just be like, oh, Dudley! And I'm like, yay! It's like the animated shorts! Mm. You know, and then that's, I think that's what the movie was going for. Nice yeah. salute there. You know, I like how they chose real Canadians to be the Canadians. Mm. Um, Is Alfred Molina Canadian? Well, I mean, these are ki- you're talking about the kids? I'm just talking about everyone's a Canadian oh, at heart okay. in this film. Well, there's a Polish-American actor in this film. I don't think he's... Who? Uh, Inspector Fenwick. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, you're, you're, you've fallen silent. You know, he's just nodding along. But, Will, I've got a very important question for you. you you're really going to have to okay, really buckle me. down on this. What's your history with Dudley Do-Right? The film and the character. Well, there was a gentleman in my school growing up, and this was his absolute favourite film. What was his name? 
Was James. it James? Dud- James Dudley Do-Right. <laughs> yes, yes, his name was James. And I got in touch with him in preparation for this and asked him what he thought of the movie. <laughs> what and he mean? said, it's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> wow, thanks James. How, how many stars do you give it? Pretty great. So, had you seen this film before? Uh, no, I hadn't seen it before. Yesterday... But, and uh, what a um, I was wasting my life until I saw this movie, so I'm very glad that I watched it yesterday. Oh, you know, a lot of guests thank me for the films that they have to watch for the show because though it's been a while, they're transcendent. Mm. All the guests thank me. They always shake my hand and say thanks, Ryan, for telling me to watch this film. And I say, don't thank me, thank the filmmaker. They say hi to me. Yeah, they don't know what to say to Bartek other than hello, I guess. They're like, Ugh. I'm but... sure the audience right now wants to thank you, Ryan. Mm. And say hi to me. Could. Alex Rocco, classic, a great actor. Um, Bartek. Yes. What's your history with Dudley Do Right, the film, and all the character? I had heard the name before. Oh. Um, I've, I mentioned when we did The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Was it last year that we did that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, I mentioned when we did that episode that I used to sometimes catch the adventures of Rocking, oh, sorry, Rocking Bullwinkle show on TV. I don't know if, again, I don't have too much of a memory of watching them, but so I don't know if the Dudley Do Right shorts appeared there. Um, but all I can say for sure is that I'd heard of the name. Yeah, and I think maybe I might have seen the character. Um, you know, somewhere. And, uh, yeah, that's fair. I, I have seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. Numerous times growing up. It was always on TV on a Sunday at three o'clock in the afternoon. It's that kind of movie. Mm-hmm. A childhood well spent. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and then, you know, obviously this goes in, like, three. You know, like, so So there's three movies, there's three types of movies you can, three different movies you can watch back-to-back and get the same good feel. You can watch Dudley Do-Right, The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, and George of the Jungle. They all have lots of similarities to them. The narrator is in all of them, I think. Or I think the narrator might George... be different between this movie and Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, he's the same one in George of the Jungle. Okay. And, um... Brendan Fraser's in two of those films I just listed, and you know what a sweetheart, you know. Brendan. The film. Everyone's a sweetheart involved in all those films I just listed, and this one as well. I mean, I've also not really watched any of the shorts, but I will be honest. The one character I knew more than Dudley Do Right was Snidely Whiplash. Yeah, I think. I think I've mentioned his character on the show before and I think I've done it in injustice because every time I think of Snidely Whiplash I think he's the villain in Wacky Races which is actually Dick, Dick Dastardly. Dastardly yeah Dick Dastardly and then and Muttley but they're basically the same character it's the same type of like old schoolish old school evil yeah. <laughs> but Dick Dastardly is more famous because he has all the great catchphrases like drat drat double drat or triple drat or Ah, curses! I lose again! And all that kind of stuff. And he is yeah. Muttley. Yeah. Uh, well, we have Dudley and Horse. Now, Will Brooks, champion of men. And I love horses. And he loves horses. This is a big Linked horse us film. to a short of Dudley Do Right. Mm-hmm. 
that is very reminiscent of the plot line of this movie, which is Dudley Durod has to be a bad guy to do good. And it's great. Did you watch it, Bartek? Uh, I watched a different short. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'd you... already seen it around the time Will posted the, the link. So. Well, that link Will posted is a summary of this film. It is good guy Doug Dudley has to be bad guy Dudley to infiltrate and destroy the organizations of Snidely Whiplash, who has taken over. The, the short that I watched was um, Snidely Whiplash going on a spree of tying people to train tracks. As he And does. revealing that um, it's always been an obsession of his that he can't help. Well, yeah, yeah. I love the fact that in the short that I watched, um, Nell who's played brilliantly by Sarah Jessica Parker, who, by the way, yes, she was doing Sex in the City at the same time as this, and Mars Attacks, so... That is how did she fit it in her schedule? How did she fit it in? I don't know. But what were you going to say about Nell? Um, Nell, in the animated short, is also uh, dubious in terms of her allegiance to Dudley or, or Snidely, but it actually says the one that she's in love with is the, the horse. horse. Yeah. Which... I would have loved to have seen that in this film. I would have loved to have seen Sarah Jessica Parker, the woman who's often remarked as having a horse face, fall in love with her actual horse in this film. Mm. Also, she's married to Matthew Broderick in real life, and he is the real-life Dudley Do-Right. Uh, I feel like he could have done a great Dudley Do-Right in this. Well, wasn't... He, he played Inspector Gadget, and he's yeah. that character considered like a really big do-gooder? He's a doofus. Doofus, yeah. Um, do-gooder? Yeah! Inspector Gadget, I guess by default, but he's really... It's more Penny, the the niece. Right. That's the hero of that show, and Brain's the dog. And in the movie, they kind of do that a little, but... The movie of Inspector Gadget is great, because the one thing that you knew about Inspector Gadget is, like... Dr. Claw or whatever. You never saw his face. Mm. And in the movie, they're like, he's his fucking face. <laughs> you know, he's actually the main character. And he had a, and you know, he has an evil cat. Nah, fuck that. We're not going to have a cat. And you know, he actually had a robot hand. In this, we're going to give him a clamp hand. Because, you know, fuck it. So here's your famous scene, Bartek. You watch this as a short, the tying to the train tracks. Well, he tied many, many people. Well, and this, you know, it's a homage. At one point, he ties himself to the train tracks. <laughs> that is that's <laughs> truly devious. <laughs> Fucking sadomasochist. No, no, no. It was, it was part of his brilliant plan to trick Dudley. Because, yeah. Dudley, because Dudley's running along the train tracks, like, chasing <laughs> after him. But he keeps coming across people that he's tied to the trains. Like, oh, no, Nell. Da, da, da. Oh, no, Inspector Fenwick. <laughs> oh, no, Horse. Oh, no, Snidely. <laughs> then he runs forward. And he's like, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> I'd fall for that. You know what that reminds me of? In Kung Pao. This yeah. film and the Dudley Do-Right is really influenced Kung Pao. Because Kung Pao has a similar moment in which he thinks everybody's dead. Oh, and he yeah. runs around and he's like, oh my god, you're alive! And then he goes back to um, Wimplo. Wimplo. It's like, yeah. Wimplo! Oh, <laughs> he's still dead. Yes. And it's very similar. That kind of... You know what? Here's what I want to address something very big in the room. We've talked about comedies before on this show. Yeah. We've talked about the era of the 2000s kind of comedies in which they wrote a script. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about the newer comedies in which they improvise. Let's talk about this era, which I'll say from like 1990, let's say seven, maybe six, to 2002. 
They did yeah. these zany cartoon comedies yeah. in which they were live action. Yeah, though. this was a year before Rocky and Bowling Cool. Yeah, exactly. Reference. And I don't know um, where George's Jungle is in the timeline of this as well. You know, like, but it's like George. You know, Rocky Bullwinkle and, you know, this, Inspector Gadget, all those kind of movies, they all were just, like, these live-action cartoons. You know, the... the, the Did Looney... Scooby-Doo fit into this timeline? Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. really yeah. late into it. Yeah, I yeah. guess they, like, the, the last kicks of life into this. But the I end think, of an era. But I think Scooby-Doo's a little bit different because yeah. in terms of its execution, because these are, like, there's something very specific about these ones where they got the narrator and he's telling pretty much every single line of dialogue in the movie. Yeah. And then he goes away for no apparent reason and he comes back. You know, that kind of thing. And, then and he, he gets acknowledged, too, so he's, like, a character. Yeah, and then you have the bad guys are always, like, the ones dressed in black, and they've always got accents, and they're always like, yeah! I don't know, what was happening in the late 90s that was requiring this? I think maybe... I, I guess it was just something that hadn't really been done before previously, right? Mm. Mm. And, 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 like, one thing I really appreciate about this film was the fact that it... it I think you could almost call it a parody of a lot of, like, good versus bad stories. Yeah. And even action films, in a way. Yeah. Um, because there's a point later on, which I think was my favourite sequence of the film, was when Dudley Do-Right, you know, having lost his job, he's now a badass biker with a leather jacket. He, like, runs in yeah. a motorcycle and shoots things. And it really reminded me of one of my favourite elements of the Grand Theft Auto franchise, which is the... Um, Riding a horse? The first word rhymes with the first word I was going to say. Being the, Canadian? The writing <laughs> in the radio commercials where they have, like, parodies oh, of yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. And it just really reminded me of this. Like, oh, this like really simple good guy is now a bad guy and he has to, you know, bring the fight to the bad guys and, like, action chase scenes, stuff like that. It, it was something that really struck with me. Yeah, that's fair enough. You know what? I, I just want to, I want to point out two things. The Mummy would have come out around the same time as this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting to just point out where Brendan Fraser was in his career at this point. And Sarah Jessica Parker at the moment is singing a song. They're both singing the song, I'm loving you. All that. That's also used in the film Mars Attacks, which I mentioned just a moment ago, which she was in. Mm-hmm. And that's the weakness for the aliens in Mars Attacks is whenever that song is played, their heads explode. And I just wanted, I, I think this film is smart enough to have on purposely put that in there because Mars Attacks came out a couple years before this film. Mm-hmm. And I think they're subtly putting that in there, being like, Sarah Jessica Parker was in that movie. So could you say that in Mars Attacks that is a strong plot element? Oh, it's a crucial plot element. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is very essential to that film. So I suppose the parody here is that, like, yeah, it's used and you might think, having watched that film, that it's going to be important, but really it's just kind of like a thing between the two of them to like make a relationship well it's to prove that, that she knows she's a real Canadian oh yeah she's not a vampire too yeah vampires exist in this universe according to the bounties Will did you think vampires existed I always think vampires exist oh you he, still think they exist well he lives in this universe we managed to get him out of her just to ask him some questions Will late 90s what do you think is the reason for the resurgence or rise of this type of comedy hmm 
It's a bold question. Mm. It's a bold question. That's um that that's profound, Ryan. I feel I'd have to go back to the lab <laughs> with the lads, and we'd have to sit down, prepare some charts, some chemicals, some lad lads. Occur. Yeah, some lad lads. <laughs> I I think I need to consult with them. It's just it's too broad of and a, too profound of a question. It's but like saying who's God. Of why these came about. Mm. They, they're very fulfilling. Mm. They fulfilled a need that was there. I don't know what that need was yet. It'll be many years before we figure it out. But they filled it. Yeah. I'm going to blame rap. I think rap music was just too prevalent in the 90s. And the, the film execs were like, No, we're not going to deal with another Ice Cube or Mr. T. We're going to... We're going to make a bunch of comedy films that only appeal to young white children. That's what we're going to do. I think it was like, Hollywood's like, oh no, there's rap music's coming in. We're going to show them we're cool. Yeah, you know, I don't think just white people. There are Native Americans in this film. Oh, yes, there are, Bartek. Yes, there are. In a, in a cannibal the musical twist on Native American, yes. Um, I'm going to bring it up right now, straight out of the gate. Well, they're going to them right now. So I was very disappointed in the sequence. They did still have the moose head on. On the, yeah, I thought well, it would have been a majestic image of a guy in a Mountie uniform canoeing in a with a moose head on. Well, at least the film was intelligent enough to mention what happened to it. Yeah, yeah. that's right. We, 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 unfortunately, listening people, we don't have the subtitles on us, but I do remember that the narrator points out that they saw a moose head removal specialist. Yes. And he does do that. Now, the chief of the natives here mm-hmm. uh, is played by... Alex Rocco, who I mentioned before, mm-hmm. and he is a very famous actor. He was a very famous actor, I should say. He is in the Godfather movie as Mo Green, who has one of the most iconic death sequences in the film, in which he's getting a massage on a massage table. It's like during the iconic scene of the Godfather, in which he's like uh, you know Al Pacino's at the baptism and then like during the baptisms everyone's getting murdered because he's execute he's getting them all executed and Mo Green's one of them he's got his glasses on which he's wearing in this film by the way nice homage there nice wink wink they're not the exact same type glasses but still nice wink and he gets shot in the eyeball so they shoot him through his glasses mm. and he just bleeds out and that's like really iconic visual of the film even the Simpsons make references to it quite a lot because also he was in The Simpsons. His voice may be very reminiscent to us all. He was in The Simpsons as the creator, the so-called creator of Itchy and Scratchy. I thought... Or the son was, of... I thought I'd heard his voice recently, and I did watch that clip of the, the focus test which, a couple of weeks ago. Which was... What was his name? Is like something Meyer Jr., yeah? Ralph Meyer Jr. or something like that? Well, Ralph Wiggins was in the scene, so I don't know if they give him the same name. But I think Meyer was definitely... Yeah, name. and you know what's really weird? I looked him up. That character, apparently, at least voiced by him, appears in only three episodes. Mm. Feels like he was mm. in more. Isn't that the, weird they how were that all kind of plays? too, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. But it feels like they were he was in more, yeah? Feels like he was in more. Really? Only three? That seems. At least right. voiced by that actor. Hmm. That seems sort of right. Maybe a little more. I guess it's really weird because it means he's got a little character like that, played by a great actor like him. 
He's a lot more iconic in our memories because I remember lots of his scenes. So I always think of him like in way more episodes. Well, when he appeared, it was probably in like itchy and scratchy scented episodes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we can probably name a few. Like there's that Poochie one. There's the one where Marge like argues against it and... Wait, argues against... Itchy and scratchy, like, violence children, make it friendly, and then... Is that the same one in which he loses the rights to Itchy and Scratchy? That's also one. No, that might be the third one. The one that I was talking about was the one where Maggie hits Homer, and then Itchy and Scratchy become friendly, and, like, Scratchy reads a bedtime story. Well, I also remember, wasn't he in that episode in which they, um, they were wanting better kids shows at the, like he's at the very start of the episode and that's the one where they do the kids news report he's at the start with the panel with like crusty and that and that corporate woman who also like the corporate woman with the short blonde hair that you always thinks in more episodes as well and he's also there and he's like a part of that committee i can't remember like did he, he always lines was he just there? i, I think he did have lines okay i, I don't know because he's like don't let it affect my show and he's like shut up but yeah, look, oh, talking about a great icon of comedy and legend, Alfred Molina. <laughs> no, Eric Idle's in this. Alfred Molina is a returning. Eric Idle, the the half cooked turkey that he is in this movie, is here. He has teeth, apparently. I have teeth. <laughs> look at he has, I don't. He has one. <laughs> he has one. Will, are you a big Eric Idle fan? Yeah, sure. <laughs> he just decided then. You can tell by the use of the word sure. Uh, Bartek, Eric Idle, you know him? Fan? Uh, he's from Monty Python, right? Yeah. I've never been too big on Monty Python. Have you not seen him in anything else? Or heard him in anything else? Is he? He's very versatile. I might have. He gets around. He was in Casper. I, might, I probably saw that when I was a kid. The film? The live action film? When I was a kid, yeah. Is that also an unappreciated nonsense? Oh, you fucking know it is. You fucking know it is. It has Robert from Everybody Loves Raymond in it. Of course, it's unappreciated. It was damn fucking unappreciated. Do you remember that was a pre- <laughs> You see, something I just want to bring up. Everybody Loves Raymond. Robert had his, like, Robert the brother, Brad Garrett. He had his own show that wasn't the character of Robert, but it basically was Robert. What was that about? Like, why can't they just do a spinoff? Just do it. Just... Fucking do it. But you know what they did do in this film, at least, Bartek? They had Regis on it Regis as himself. Regis and Kathy Lee Griffin. Yeah, who cares about Kathy Lee? Let's she was in the news a couple of months ago for the Trump thing. Oh, it's her. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Trump yeah. head. She's married. Good for Kathy, her. It's Kathy Griffith. Kathy Lee Griffith. In I think in real life now it says Kathy Griffith. Oh, is it? Got rid she's, of the Lee. Because probably marriage. I don't know. Uh, if it's the same Kathy, she's married to Antonio Banderas. Oh, good for her. He's a, he's a nice, I think. He's a nice? He's a nice. He's a nice. <laughs> I, oh, look, this is the Bartek character, I feel. Is it? I feel you're this character. Yeah, but you don't need to have facial also, hair. Also, it says Canada. I'm Polish. Yeah, but maybe he is Polish. And he just works at the Canadian border. Well, to be fair, the Canadian flag colours are the same as the Polish one. Yeah. Oh. Hey, here's a question. To work at the border security, do you have to be, like, do you have... Qualified? Or no, like, do you have to be a native of that country? Like, could I work at the Canadian border? My answer is, I don't see why not, but it's also an uninformed answer. It's like, well, it's the same as, well, I think you should be able to, right? Because people who aren't from Australia work at Australian airports. 
uh, the border security from Australia is a very loose kind of thing. Though, I guess, like, I guess, I don't know. Do you I... have to be a citizen? That's what I mean, like citizen or resident, yeah. And also, Canada and well, this is nineteen ninety nine, but Canada and Australia part of the Commonwealth. I was gonna say progressive countries, but then again, Australia has been kind of naughty lately. But Canada's <laughs> always seen as like one of the big progressive countries. I think so. you're gonna mention that we're underneath the umbrella of being nodding to Europe and the Queen. Are they part of the monarchy? Are they part of the Commonwealth? Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure Canada still is. Are they? They got the French aspect, so probably not. I could be horribly wrong there. Canadians could tell me that. I mean, they can't tell me right now, but they can (laughs) tell me down the line. I think I'm pretty sure. I think they use the slang for journalist journos. They could be like us. I thought they were part of the Commonwealth Games. Hmm, that's... Uh, I, perhaps I've just been absolutely... Perhaps I've oh, when, when did ca- when did When did Canada become a thing? Was it after the War of Independence? I don't know what Canada... Canada, what's your backstory? Please explain it. It has a dark, gritty backstory. We were all French and we said, fuck the English, and then the English came over and they were all like, hello, and then we all had stupid accents from there on out. Hey. Yeah, I just don't really know Boot. that much about Canada historically. Well, if you watch enough Kevin Smith movies, you'll learn eventually. Because he's loving Canada right now. The only, the only fact online I ever see them bring up is that at one point they apparently burnt down the White House. Oh, A good. very, very early version of it. We missed my favourite joke in the entire movie, by mm. the way. It's the best joke in the film. And if you think otherwise, you're wrong, okay? It, 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 this isn't subjective. This is objective truth here. The best joke in the film was the news reporter that you don't even see. You just hear him saying a news report, breaking news, Canadian bacon has just been confirmed to be regular ham. Right. The deadpan (laughs) delivery of it and just the right amount of cartooniness to that logic. So a lot of listening people who maybe haven't seen the film but are watching along or just listening to us are probably asking themselves... What's the plot? Isn't... Isn't this film called Dudley Do Right? We haven't seen too much of him lately. And has he done right? And he right. He's doing wrong a lot, actually. He's very wrong. Well, he's, he's sleeping, sleeping pretty well. If right you're watching now. this, you're saying, yourself, hey, isn't it, is this not the Snidely Whiplash movie? And you're wrong, because it's actually Dudley Do Right. We're not watching Snidely Whiplash. Well, I, I think. It's a different film. I think to an extent they have a point, but I also think. I mean, they can have a point and be wrong. I mean, that's okay. I also think that this is a film that gives kind of like a changing of focus. Like early on, like our antagonist is Snidely Whiplash, but throughout the film, they keep saying, they they keep having this like interesting scale of good versus evil. Yeah. It's like good versus bad. And what is good evil? Well, more about the dynamic of if there is a good, there must be an evil. And if the evil becomes good, then the good must be evil. And also it explores the idea of, is there a gray area or is it simply black and white? Do they explore the gray area? Well, as they mentioned, yeah, they they can do bad things and not be a a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Dudley's coming to terms with the idea that there might be a grey area, and then he realises, no, there isn't. (laughs) That's what I mean, that's the exploration. The main character is exploring the idea because he actually does come to a realisation at a point that, I don't know, Snidely is improving the town, he is doing good. Maybe he isn't as bad as he is, and then then the word greed is thrown at him. He's like, oh, greed, that's it! That's all that is! But But also they acknowledge the fact that he ran out all the original residents. 
Yeah, and then the original residents are the ones that throw him out of the town at the end, even though there are no residents, they're all tourists. Yeah, that was kind of interesting plot twist. They ran back. Yeah, they ran back in and he was just too lazy. They to realized the vampires weren't real. Yeah, I swear that um one of his bodyguards here... Uh, no, I'm 100% sure, actually... That one of his bodyguards here with the gray, with gray whitish hair and a mustache was um, the bodyguard security guard in um, Big Fat Liar. Are you sure this guy looks older than that guy? Wasn't the guy in Big Fat Liar taller and a bit bigger? Well, Alfred Molina is like six foot something, six foot four or something. It's hard to judge. A Alfred Molina is really tall, isn't he? Oh wow! It's I, I don't to, really know him that well. Sorry, Will. What were you saying? It's uh, hard to judge a character's height in the movie because then from the actor because they can alter that. Yeah, I mean, look movie, at Brendan so. Fraser. I mean, he's wearing mounty boots. He looks like he's seven feet tall. Look at him holding his hands. I don't know. I stumped you all when I was like that. I'm pretty Damn, sure that security guard's the guy. I don't, I don't from, know uh, that I believe. I don't know that I subscribed. That subscribe, unsubscribed. I think I've unsubscribed. Spin polish because it is the bodyguard from. Uh, from I'm, Big Fat Liar. The, the security sure. guard. Oh, sorry, you said the bodyguard and I was thinking... Security guard, bodyguard, well, they're all, you know, he's guarding. I'm not sure if physically they're the same person, <laughs> but spiritually they're the same person. Well, they're on the show. Yeah. At the moment, we're talking about the earliest film we've done and the latest. Oh. What does that say? I'm Tiger still, Stripes. I'm still wondering about uh, Canada and the Commonwealth. Yeah, I've got a very really... big question. This is going to flash forward to a scene, but I just really want you to settle in on this when it comes up. His colour scheme, uh, uh, Snidely, is black and white, but black, right? Yeah, monochromish. I guess monochromish. Why is it that later when he has a ball, they all throw like a ceremony in his honour? It's The colour scheme is all green and yellow, like, all the balloons are green and yellow, all the streams are green and yellow, everything's green and yellow, but his whole entire town is pretty much black. Maybe... Why is that? Maybe it's, if you were to say, what are the yucky colours, or the colours that you could use to make something yucky, you might go to green and yellow, because they're kind of like, you know, slimy-ish colours. Oh. Depends on Rotten the shade. Or maybe it's yellow's gold. And green is the earth in which the gold is in. And it's, but because it's a bad guy, it's rotted. Yeah, I I always think of the American office in which Dwight tries to throw a birthday party for someone or like celebration. He just half blows up balloons and they're all brown and gray. And he just has a sign that says it is your birthday with a period at the end. Okay. And that's kind of what I felt with the town. They could have just half blown the balloons up and just went it is your ball. The period at the end. So this is a very important sequence here. The six-pack of dynamite. Six-pack of dynamite. It's the highest test dynamite in the entire world, you know? And they're going to blow up Dudley. But guess what? Dudley's not there. Yeah, the narrator told us earlier. Who's that in the window? Oh, when he was worried about the vampires, he put a cardboard cutout. Exactly. Will kept up. Bartok's even a little bit flat. Like, no, I was about to say it. I don't but know. But then you kept talking. I, know, I think Will, I, I think no, Will I answered it. It was established <laughs> earlier. I believe he I was about to say that. I'm making sure we're all up to date on the Stop film. Stop making me panic. Stop panicking then. Are we still doing the Fox Box and the Locks? Yeah, it's over now. Oh, we didn't give our reviews. I'm about Canada and the Commonwealth. <laughs> well, my brain. I think the answer is Paul Giamatti. <laughs> it's been a long time. I wish Paul Giamatti was this. 
You know who would have been great at Snidely Whiplash? Paul Giamatti. And he would have played it with no accent either. He would have just been like, Man, it's me, Paul Giamatti. What do you want? That's exactly how he no would have played accent. it. No accent. You know, that's Paul Giamatti's voice. You know, Alfred Molina's putting on an accent here where he's like, Man, I'm evil. We all have accents, Ryan. Well, he's putting on one. That's that's why I said it. We all why is on. the chief here? You He's a government official. You don't like him? No, why is he here? Like, in the scene. Racist. Why is he here, though, Bardic? It's, it's his gonna... country, Ryan. But why is he here? He has a right to yeah, know but... what's happening in his homeland. Yeah, but the town isn't a part of their homeland. So why is the chief there? It's part of America, Ryan. Canada. Well, that, that's North America. Part of North America. The Americas. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, why did the chief come to this right. meeting? Why did the chief come to the meeting? I think it would have to be because Dudley Durright, as much as he is our hero... He is. He's a little slow. <gasps> I feel like he needs someone with wisdom and experience to help him with the discussion. As you can see right now... The guy clapped his hands. Chief's Bang. doing all the talking. Man, Justin Trudeau sure got a lot more handsome as the years went on. <laughs> on backwards. <laughs> Aging in reverse. Then again, 1999 has a lot of nines in it, so it could be... And then you reverse it, it becomes 6,000. We are literally in a year right now with a zero in it. That's how disgusting. What's what's the reverse of zero? The reverse of zero is negative zero. No, well, the reverse of zero would be kind of like a really weird, like, circle on its side, you see. That's like a half reverse? Um, like a quarter turn? You know, it depends where you're looking at it. Three quarter. Does depends how you're looking at it. Depends if, you, if you're if you looking at it from an angle. Mm. <laughs> well, if you're looking at it from an angle, you wouldn't even have to turn it. You'd uh, be turning yourself. There you go. And that's how Truly, side. we are the zero. Like his phone has the Canadian flag and stuff on it. Oh, the maple leaf, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the leaf and the flag. You know, it, it's the Canadian way. And here we are going to see the Polish American actor that I mentioned earlier. Her dad. Her dad, yeah. I think his name is Richard Prosky. Yes. I think Prosky is like the stage name he uses. He's got an actual like Polish. Yeah, because he spells it with a Y as well. Yeah, but it's got like a full Polish last name. With an I. Maybe, yeah. I think. Because he sends it with a... Look, his last name isn't actually Prosky. It's like this whole full thing, but he's shortened it to Prosky. With a Y. Like Sky. That's the unusual for a Polish name, isn't it? Usually it's eyes, yeah? Yeah, but I'm saying he's using a stage last name. Yeah, but even his stage last like name. His, his last name might be like Prostchutek. I don't know. I, I looked at it and it was a full thing. His, like, it his stage end. name might, not, might be Prosky, but his real name is Prosciutta. <laughs> I don't think it ends with like an I or a Y. It ends with a Z? But yeah, even before I looked at, like, who he was, he I looked at him and I was like, oh, this guy looks like a Polish Janik of some sort. Oh, uh, does he? Does he look like a Polish man? Yes, he does. <laughs> does he? he does look a very old Polish man. How do, how do I tell? <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any What's eye. the defining features of an old Polish man? I, I think... He's not that it, hairy. It's, it's hard to tell, but I think it might have something to do with the eyes, the, the pigment of his skin... Maybe the shape of his face. Like, something about it is just like, this reminds me of old Polish people I've met. He's got quite distinctive earlobes. Is, is that a factor? Is the it? fact he has jowls a big factor? Do all old, old might... Polish people have jowls? Maybe. I'm, I'm not sure. It, Does, it's is just... Winston Churchill Polish? It's just, it's just a thing that I felt. 
you f- you know what it was. Your Polish sense was tingling. Of course. And you're like, could it be? Could it be? My bloodline was reacting. Yeah, your blood was boiling, and you're like, and when you saw Brendan, did you think that's that's you know Polish too? Well, I didn't have the senses tingling, so. Okay. Were there any other actors that the sense tingled for? Um. Anyone that went? Oh my god, my Polish sense! I don't know that there were any Polish. Well, here. luckily for me, I gathered happened. a list, huh? Of Eric Idle. No, there was like a woman to the left of the frame. Who Unluckily for Bartek, I gathered a list of all the actors who are Polish in the film. Whoa. Imagine if I did. That makes me. I'd actually like that. I'd like if I waited and I got a list of every single actor that's appeared in every single movie that was Polish, and I gave you them, and I gave you some that weren't Polish, and I like pick one that's Polish from this list, and then you like faces. Yeah. Right. I like pick it. No names. Well, see, the tricky thing is that myself and my mum, we are Polish, but we don't look it. Oh, so you look we... it, liar! I look Polish. Yeah. In what way? You look it, just trust I me. Mean, my skin's not really that white. So. Yeah, it's, ha- it's too much hair on it well, to really define. Like, look at this. Like, That's it's, white. It's not that white. Bartek, for the visual it's elements. It's not Richard from... Prosky white. He's old, though. You get paler when you get older. Maybe, you know, he was sick. Maybe he was dying. He's not even that white. He's just got white hair. Yeah. So... I, think, I think Alfred Molina might have been whiter than that. So, proof oh, Alfred Molina. So Polish in this shot. <laughs> proof Alfred Molina. <laughs> we don't know what Alfred Molina is, to be fair. So. <laughs> what? This is his second time on the show. Yeah, so is he Persian? We is haven't he... seen him since Prince of Persia, <laughs> where he played a man who could have been any gender, really. No, no, that was the problem. <laughs> he could, Alfred Molina could play any race, but not different genders. Do not make him a woman. Well, gender's the one that you identify as, so that's like just kind of like a, you have to just say it, right? Mm, yeah, but like race is also something you can identify with. Yeah. And I'm saying he could play any race. Yeah, I wasn't arguing with that. But gender, don't, don't, he can't play a woman. He can't. I think sex might be the right word, isn't it? Oh, right. Gender's the one where you're just like, I am this, and you believe it, right? Yep. I can't believe how terribly bigoted you are. (laughs) (laughs) My Polish sense let me down. Wait a second. I'm hanging out with you, but my Polish sense isn't tingling. Look, it's are you an imposter? No, it's, you're fucking lame. <laughs> I'm so, just joking, guys. My Polish sense is tingling. What nationality do I look like? Uh, white. <laughs> Not Polish. <laughs> you know, Will Brooks, you look like scum. <laughs> That's what it is. Best joke in the film already happened, but the second best joke was that, where it was like, he couldn't see because Eric Idle was standing in front of the binoculars. It's very classic. It's a, a classic Monty Python style gag. All all that needed was, you know, using the binoculars backwards. And being like, no, oh. it would have been like even better. He had the cap still on the binoculars. Like, I can't see. And then when he puts him down, he has ring marks around his eyes. And then Eric Idle looks at him with a look that says, it was me. But the problem is, Brendan Fraser doesn't know what that look means because he's got some oil in his eyes. So he can't see now. And then Eric Idle's the real fool in the situation because he doesn't know that Brendan Fraser can't see the acknowledgement that he did it. You know, Eric Idle goes through a big transformation throughout this film. Yeah! Well, did you expect Eric Idle to not only become 
an essential aspect of the character development for Dudley Do-Right, but to have a hidden backstory and an emotional arc? He's very dynamic in this film. There's a lot of hidden depths that slowly, slowly come to the surface. It's a wild ride. A wild ride. I legitimately thought his house was a tunnel underground. I didn't think it was just like a bunch of shit made into a teepee of junk. I thought it was like, because his, his door's on an angle, so I thought he lived in a tunnel. Wait, it's not subterranean? No, it's just... It's just a teepee. I thought it was subterranean. I legitimately thought... He's like, my house is terrible. And it was like, oh, okay. And he lives in a tunnel. Maybe he just wants something that, you know, looks a bit po- po- uh, po- post-apocalyptic. I thought you were going to say he wants something that looks a bit Pocahontas. I'm like, he could stay with the Indians. Come on. Yeah, there's that green and yellow. What is this? What is this? What is this scheme color? I'd say it's a pretty friendly shade of yellow as well. And, and green. And a nice green. And a rich green. It's not like a like a putrid swamp yeah. mucus sort of green or like a bile sort of yellow. Well, who do you think would win in a fight? The colour yellow or the colour green? Oh, I'm actually thinking I'm too, see, green's my favourite colour, so I actually yeah, think same. I'm too biased but he, to he's, assess that. But, but he's, well, I don't like either colour, so I'll commit as the fair neutral one here, and I say it'll be green. That would win. Good call. But Good he. Call. But here's the thing: to make green, you need yellow. Yeah, but that so means. Do, does that mean there's like some kind of origin thing at play? Like, is yellow an old man? Yeah, yellow's old, and green is the son that can beat him to death. I apologize for gendering the color yellow. Yeah, I am a bigot too. But we're Polish. I guess Polish people are just bigots. Yeah, <laughs> yellow. Fuck, we hate women, according to it could be Eddie. A daughter beating her mother to death. Yeah, could be very progressive here. Yeah. Oh, it could be a man beating a woman to like, death. Like, yeah. We don't want to be. Exactly. We don't want to Is green? Genders. Is green a rebellious child, or is yellow a veteran samurai? Well, you see, you're personifying the colors. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Well, they're, they're gonna fight, right? Oh well, yeah, but you know, animals can fight too. Uh, and nature can fight nature. You know what they say, fight fire with fire. Um, I think green will win because, yes, orange is its uh, one of its main originating colours, and that means it will just consume the yellow to make it green. And here's the thing, guys. I actually knew the answer walking in. I was just pretending I didn't. It is a metaphor... For communism. No, a uh, thing much earlier in history, the <gasps> War of Independence. Oh my it god! It originated as Britain yellow, then we got the North American colonization, and now it's its own thing, independent, green. Oh, there you go. There's the pol- Is that a Polish dance that, the, the, that her dad's doing? Oh, he stopped. Uh, he was happy. Polish people are sometimes happy. <laughs> Only sometimes. sometimes. Usually not when Polish there's a war. People, Polish people, uh, if there's no war on, they fight with themselves. So they're always fighting. We're a fighting culture. Yeah. Is that it? Is yeah. that our problem? Mm-hmm. I looked it up. It's true. We are a fighting culture. I, I have a friend who's been on the show who's Armenian. I was like, huh, I wonder if the Polish said this. I wonder if the Polish people have a grudge with the Armenians. Yeah, and the this. answer is yes. yes. <laughs> we kicked them out. Pol- Poland, <laughs> Poland is infamous uh, for the fact that all of the countries that surround it have tried to invade at one point. Or the fact that the Polish people are jerks to everyone. Yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're a product of history. There used to be conquerors. 
Kill the yeah, Armenians. Armenians and stuff like that. Yeah, Armenians, they kicked him out. They kicked him out and went, this is our fucking land. Get the fuck out of here. They're like, okay. I don't know if that's how Armenians sound. I think Polish person invented the mine detector. The mine detector? Not mi- mine. No, I think some... Explosives I, I, on I the ground. I think Polish mines? person did invent the mine detector. Not metal detectors, mine detectors. I thought you were saying first mine detector. I'm like, that's called a lie detector, Bartek. No. And then the second one, I thought you said... Which was what you said, mine detector. But I thought you were saying, like, your detector. detector. And I'm like, Bartek, I get it. You're Polish, you invented a detector, it's your detector. It doesn't mean the Polish people invented invented your detector for specifically you. Jeez, man. This scene reminiscent of um, Owen Wilson teaching a bunch of kids to fight in Drillbit Taylor by... You know, wearing some Japanese uh, attire and beating kids with sticks. That also kind of reminds me of the crate. Oh, three ninjas. <laughs> the, yeah, the one that's the crate kids, Ryan. Yeah, they're the karate kids. <laughs> oh, Beverly Hills Ninja, that movie. I Ryan. love Chris Farley in that film. He's great. <laughs> what do you want about? He has to stick. He has to step on sticky paper. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, that's also an unappreciated masterpiece. Yeah, Chris Rock's in it. <laughs> Will's just in tears nearly about Chris so Farley. He's th- dead now, so you should be crying. Do you think that in this sequence, Eric Idle embodies and personifies the rising sun? Yeah. And I think Brendan Fraser embodies the Canadian's battle against the rising sun. What was Canada like during the Second World War? Did they fight the Japanese? Or were they fighting the Germans more? Canada, get back to me on this. Yeah, don't ask a Polish question. Don't ask a Polish person. No, don't ask a Polish question, period. (laughs) Don't ask a Polish person about what other countries are doing in World War II. Except for if it's Germany. Yeah, except for if it's Germany or Russia. Russia, Germany, or the Americans, I guess. Yeah, because the Americans saved us. Yeah, exactly. So you got to ask so about them. we love America. We love them. Wait, it's probably one of the few countries in Europe that actually likes the Americans. Dude, when Trump gave his speech there a couple of months ago... Oh, of course people, they loved it because... They loved it. I, I've got a relative that I think cried because of that speech. Was it when he said, you gotta grab him by the pussy? To be fair, I read and it. he's like, oh my god, that's always what I wanted to do! To be fair, I read, <laughs> I read a transcript of the speech, and he actually goes into a lot of detail about Polish history. Of course he does, because yeah. he's the president. He has to go into details about everything, except for what he doesn't, which is all the time. Mm. Will, enough about the Polish people. Let's talk about your favourite moment in the film. I'm sure you had one. Tell us what it was, We've Will. already said ours. Yeah, you got to share. Mm, everyone else has put it out there. Even the audience said, "I've got to now put your heart out there." Yep, I've got to put my money where my mouth is. Your heart. Um, yeah. I've got to present my mouth. <laughs> people can't turn it down. Well, bring so. back the mouths, Ryan. <laughs> That's what we call the payoff. Yeah. It's um, it's a hard one. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <clears throat> um, come on, boys from the lab. I'm racking it. I'm racking it. Come right on. Now. Mm. What about this scene? This is a pretty great scene. It's pretty good because the you think that's made from a real... That's a real saw. Do you it think... It looks convincing. Is that called a buzz saw? Yeah. yeah. Made by Buzz Aldrin. Uh, and, um... Buzz Lightyear. No, Buzz Aldrin. Um, buzz Lightyear could kick his ass. 
Uh, no, he couldn't. He's got the buttons and press the buttons. Yeah, but Buzz Aldrin's actually been to space. Uh, he's pressed real buttons, yeah. No, no, that, that, that would be the difference. Buzz has not actually been to space as the Toy Story movies have set up. Oh, oh, which specifically Buzz Aldrin has been to space, so he would know the techniques to kill him. Oh, I was actually thinking of the, the in-universe character Buzz is a toy of. No, no, I'm talking Buzz Lightyear, the toy. The toy. Okay, yeah, maybe the maybe the toy would lose. The toy. The toy lost his arm at one point. The toy versus an eighty-something-year-old man. Sorry, what did you say, Will? This is a good scene too, where Brandon goes all hell bent for leather. My favorite scene. I like how he has a gun. A lot of the reviews quite like this DD scene. Very reminiscent of Daredevil with Ben Affleck, where he sets, where they set fire. To the scene because he's put kerosene there and it smells DD in the same way. So I think I didn't look this up, but do you think the writer of Daredevil also worked on this film? No, a writer of Dexter's Laboratory did. Oh, Sister DD. Oh, I actually thought oh, you were the gonna... connections are building up. And then you know Dexter, the serial killer. You know he's got a D in his name and his name's Dexter too. So connection maybe. Mm. Did you, have you ever watched Dexter the TV show? No, but I ha- I think my mum and brother have, and we have the DVDs, okay. home, so I could. Another sidetrack. This is fucking funny. You just have to Google it. In flashback scenes in Dexter, when they have to show him as a teenage boy or our age, <laughs> yeah. no joke. They just put Michael C. Hall in a wig of the time period and put a bit of a filter on that's blue. And they're like, yeah, he's 17. This clearly, like, in his nearing his 40s. Man, and they're like, and he just does a voice, like that's it. He's just like, he's like, hey, mom, <laughs> like that's it. It's like, and this is an award-winning show. Yeah, it's acclaimed. And people that. don't like this movie. Come on, they actually got a kid to play the kid. Well, hold on a second. People don't like. This well, movie. that's why it's unappreciated. We got to get to that after Will gives us a but real it, solid but, answer but, of what his favorite well, scene you know, was. Look, people who don't like this movie aren't really people <laughs> in the proper sense. They're more figments. But hold on, is it that people dislike this film, or people don't know about it? Yeah, I think it's a mixture of both, buddy. You know, I think people dislike it because they haven't heard of it. You know what I mean? Like when I say, "Hey, you want to watch Dudley Do Right?" and they're like, "What?" No, of course they like, don't. Like Dudley, you mean like from Harry Potter? I know Harry Potter. Dudley, you fuck. No, I don't want to watch that. Oh, I want to watch Batman v Superman on a loop before I watch Dudley do right. There's only one. Yeah. There's only one version you watch, which is the extended Ultimate Edition. Which I had to watch. Yeah. Which you had to as a victim. <laughs> You're gonna fucking watch this, Barjack, and you gotta like it. No, no, please. <laughs> Look for a bullet? No! <laughs> a lot of things happen in those three hours. <laughs> you know, in those three hours, you you could have watched two good movies. Mm. You'd have watched Dudley Do-Right I could have watched more this, than twice. I could have watched this twice and had some time left over. You could have watched this twice and a bit. I could watch this twice and The Fox, The Box, and The Locks like five times. You actually could. Probably. And you'd get more depth. And that's what this film's about, depth. Well, yeah, because I can analyse it better. Depth. Johnny Depth was not in this because he's not an actor. Johnny Depp was also not in this. He's a wife beater. I I watched two movies yesterday and Johnny Depp was in the other one, so... That was the other movie you watched. Uh, Murder on the Orient Express. And the other movie you watched... 
was Dudley Do-Right. Oh, good choice. Dudley was the I good watched, choice. I watched them in the order of best to worst. Oh, that taught, that taught murder. Mm. Spoiler alert for Murder on the Orient Express. Not as good as Dudley Do-Right. Not as good as Dudley Do-Right. Very good, but not as good as Dudley I mean, Do-Right. Yeah, sure, it has a transcendent reveal, but like... Dudley Do-Right has this moment with Eric Idle revealing that he has a tie. That's transcendent. I love the fact that on IMDb... Isn't Transcendent a different Johnny Depp film? Transcendence. Oh, the noun. Yeah, where he becomes a computer. Yes. And Morgan Freeman's in it explaining that if you use a certain percentage of your brain, you can unlock full potential. That's very different to Morgan that's, Freeman's that's, role in Lucy, in which say. he plays a scientist, <laughs> in which he tells you if you use a certain percentage of your brain, you can unlock your full potential. Oh, wow. Very different films. I was about to call you out, and that was Lucy, right? But no. No, Morgan Freeman plays Morgan Freeman in any movie. Um, I really liked how the chainsaw did come back. You thought, oh, is this, what's this mean? It's important. And then you learn it means sculpt Sarah Jessica Parker out of trees. And that's what I've always wanted to do. It's like it's like bonsai art, but I like ultimate. She, I like that she can't see that he's painting by numbers. Maybe she knows, but you know she doesn't know. Maybe anything. she's really dumb. You know, we don't know Nell really. We know that she worked for the UN for a bit of time. Like I guess she's smart. She went to a lot of places, yeah. And she never found what she was looking for all along because it was at home. It was at home. And what was she looking for, guys? Her friend to be. Leather. I've known you guys since I was six years old, and now I decide which one of you fucks me in the ass. A. And then Dudley's like, A. And then Snadley's like, A. They're like, and then Henry Winkler comes in and is like, A. And they're like, A. So, good versus evil. Versus Henry re- Winkler. With regards to finding Nell's heart. What's the evil path? What's the good path? Is it is it like anal's evil? No, anal's good overall. Anal's good? Anal, it's more non-consensual anal is bad. Right. And Dudley's totally about non-consent. He just takes it, man. But he but, but Dudley can sing, so it makes it all right. Well, yeah, he can sing. And he's got a you know leather jacket and a motor. Uh, well, and I think it's different too because, you know, we know that Snidely really looks good in black, but he's in blue in this scene, so ooh. And he painted and blue. And that was a non-consensual painting of a forehead. Uh, can I just say, does it still not look like he's in black to you? Like, even when he put his arm against the other one, I'm like, that. Yeah. well, one's leather and one's material. Yeah, like, he's got, like, like Brendan Fraser's got the whole, like, oh, shininess. You know, you, yeah, he's got the leather. The light's glaring off of it. It looks like he's in black still. Yeah. Maybe I'm just really colorblind because men do have a no, I... color blindness on their own spectrum of like getting blues and purples confused and greens and blues. Maybe we can't get blues and black. A lot of the darker colors, yeah, it's kind of harder to see. I think difference. some languages didn't always distinguish between blue and black, actually, though I can't say which ones. And so that is an almost completely meaningless statement. <laughs> Could I just say, I, I just said that. It's hard to tell the difference between the darker colours. That could be taken as, you know... Racist! A, a bit of a progressive stance, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't tell the difference. does sound progressive, <laughs> Martin. <laughs> Doesn't it, well? I can't tell the difference between dark-skinned people. Actually, you know it what? Homer's, sounds really progressive. Homer's black clothes look pretty black. Homer is the name of his assistant. Yeah. That's good. That, that's what I was saying. His... Any quizzes for this movie? Um, 
I found a Dudley quiz, but it was about like famous people named Dudley. Was and the question, the one who question, were there, the one question, well, I don't know, the the <laughs> one question about the film Dudley Do Right was who played the main actor? Was it who played the main actor? It, Sorry, sorry. Who played the main character Dudley? Do I don't know who played Brendan Fraser. In the this answers movie. were the answers were Brendan Fraser. Was it Fra- Fraser or Fraser? Fraser. Fraser. The answers were Brendan Fraser. Fraser. Actually, he does say in um, Dickie Roberts how you pronounce it. Yeah. The, the wrong answers were Brenda Fraser. Oh, um, who's she? Brenton Grasser, because I had two S's, and and the last one was like completely out of nowhere. Oh, it was Boris Badenov. I like how none of those options were actual actors, like, like, well, other than Brendan the Fraser. The answer, yeah. Like, that's what I mean, like, why couldn't it have been, like, two of them, Eddie Murphy? Two of them were variations <laughs> on the right answer, and the last one was a character from Rocky and Bowling. <laughs> why couldn't one of them be Alfred Molina, Eddie Murphy, Val Kilmer, and Brendan Fraser? Yeah. Uh, so that would be a good one. So that was the only relevant quiz question that I could find. So this and is, I remembered the answers. So. so this is the scene in which the town that he kicked out at the start is somehow now back. They ran back. They ran back, but they ran back and l- accept what he's doing now. Done and the now they don't accept him when he wants to murder someone. For murder- some reason. Murdering's bad. Yeah, but... See, now I'm progressive. Yeah, you progressed all all the way to the top buddy um this film is great and i don't understand you hack frauds out there that don't like it and give it only a 3.2 or something on imdb you fucking hacks this is a 10 out of 10 did you see brendan fraser he had his, sh- he had his arms exposed look at that he's pumping iron He's getting ready for The Mummy 2, The Mummy Returns, with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Have you guys heard of Roger Ebert? I've heard of him. Who the fuck is that? But before you can get onto this, it took me a while to figure out that she's meant to be corn. Oh, she's corn. Yeah. Yeah, she's corn. Mm. Wow, oh, she look is... at that little Polish man. She's maize. She's maize, which is corn. Exactly. There you go. Bartek, you were going to say Roger Ebert fucked off somewhere and wrote a great review? Well, Ryan, you remember Roger Ebert's review for Rocky and Bowling? He loved Rocky and Bowling. He loved it. And you know what? He actually liked this film too. Oh! He gave it a two and a half out of four. That's a lot of fours. Yeah, that's almost 75%. Consistency. And did he have a glowing comment to say? Like... Oh, was, I, uh, you know, I loved you know, the way that Brendan Fraser smiled. It was basically a very similar to review the Rockin' Bullwinkle one. It's like silly, adults might cringe at it, but I thought it was fun. Was it like his Race to Witch Mountain one in which he reveals that I got sent some food? <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't like that. I like that Brendan Fraser. He sent me some food one time. Five out of five. Yeah. Uh, look at little Polish man. Clap, clap. Yes. Oh, there he is. He's very Polish clap. So I happy. don't know how he looks like. I. I he just looks like European to me. Like, if you said that guy's Greek, I'd believe you. He doesn't look Greek. What is the defining features, Bartek? You're just like, he looks white and old. Look, it's it's just a thing that I feel, right? Yeah, well, obviously, but I'm Polish trying to define people. feeling. I've I, met I, Polish people. Yeah, I know, but I'm trying Poland, to get you to so define what a feeling is, or else we're just going to be speaking in metaphors, like just, which you can define, by the way. I just feel like the, stru- the structure of his face, the expressions, the kind of squint in the eye is reminiscent of Polish people that I've met and seen. That squint of the eye. I feel like I look. 
I'm obviously I'm struggling, but I feel like the squint is the center of this feeling. To the center of the feeling is the squint. <laughs> Will, could you squint Polishly for us? No, it's not something. Oh, that's it! It's not something you do. It's something you have. Well, no, the actors can replicate it. Yeah, but this is—it's like natural. For can they? I thought we just established. Yeah, well, can we'll, this be done? Yeah. I feel we're journeying into the unknown here. Well, there's a great video on YouTube from a dialect coach in which he speaks about how um, Meryl Streep and Sophie's Choice really nails down the fact that she physically looks Polish by the the way her lips move. Like, they're very close together. A lot of Polish people speak with their lips, like, very tightly closed together. Is that talking about her playing a Polish person? Yeah. But this is this. He's not playing. A I Polish know person that. Thing. I was just saying before. Will, can you squint Polishly for? It's like, no, nah, no, nah, you can't do that. It's more of a natural thing. It's like, yeah, but you can um, manufacture yeah, you, those. You can things. manufacture, but I'm talking in Richard Prosky's case in here. Inspector Fenwick, I'll keep calling him Prosky. Um, uh, Sounds like he's got a prostate. He's issue. just being himself. The actor playing a character. He's Maybe not the character is Polish. He, well, he's Canadian. We know that. Much. He could be Polish Canadian, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. He ran away during the Second World War. Well, he's got a and let, let, you asked earlier about the guy, the toll, the the toll booth operator. The yeah, toll booth. if he had to be native Canadian to yeah sorry, not to native, operate to that. operate that, would you have to be an actual Canadian citizen? Well, yeah, have to be. Maybe the I'm not using the right words. Would you have to be in a similar context to that man if he had to be Canadian to become a Mountie? Um, I think you'd have to become... Could Will move to Canada, you know, get his citizenship? Yes, he could, I think. Because, I mean, isn't it like Arnold Schwarzenegger has become governor so many times but he can never become president because he's not a born citizen there? I believe that's So I think you can get in high-ranking places, but you can't get in certain ones unless you're a natural-born citizen of. So I think so. I mean, Snidely Whiplash owns a whole... He owns a whole town now. And he, you know how he did it? Just buying it, really. And running people out. Well, yeah. threatening. Threatening people with train tracks and ropes. Which Look, he, he's a four-star general right now. And you know how he got that? Oh, I love this. This is actually one of my favourite medicine lines that he's going to come up with. Where he's like, burn it all down! Wait, no, no. Fix it up. <laughs> like, for the photos... You know, and then he does the, you know, you know the history, yes. you know. And the person that he, you know, gave those instructions, this guy, he was also the person at the bar earlier that he was, like, giving, you know, flip-flopping instructions to. Yeah. So it's, like, a bit of consistency. You're the guy that I give flip-flopping instructions yeah. to. Yeah! Yeah, like how his moustache is becoming more curled as the movie goes on. Like, he's becoming more, like, refined. I also think we should commend the brilliance of the plan... I think in comparison to the other movies mentioned, uh, George's Jungle and Rocky and Bullwinkle, I think the villain's actual plan is really solid. It reminds me of the 1960s Batman where the Joker runs Gotham's bank and he runs it really well and he only gets kicked out of running it because he invents death traps to get Batman and Batman actually turns around and goes, you know, the funny thing is, you know what the real joke is here? This bank has never been better. <laughs> like, you know, and if you weren't obsessed with trying to kill me, 
you could have been the richest citizen in the whole city. And he's like, oh, I feel like that is what this movie is, where like the bad guy is doing legitimate stuff, but in an illegitimate way. But the Joker, he wasn't. He was just running it really well. But I love that the villain's plan is just take over the town, monopolize a whole town, and make a new economy that he rigs. I think that's a really interesting villain plan. It's not just tie the chick to the train tracks, which you would expect out of Snidely Whiplash. In fact, he tied a dude to the train tracks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, to get the bigger plan. Mm. But a villain like him, you'd expect him that would be his only plan. It's like, I'm going to kidnap the girl. and blah, blah, blah. I like the fact that in a movie like this, he doesn't just have a series of ongoing plans. He just has one. Mm. Just one. You and, know, and all of like the sub plans that just keep that plan going. Yeah, well, in other movies like this, or just movies, it would be like a series of comical sketches of how he's trying to kill Dudley Do Right, and they all fail. In fact, he doesn't even seem that fussed to kill him because he's kind of like, I've won. I don't need to kill him. Yeah, but it's also, he did try, and yeah. he thought he was dead. But even after that, he was like, Meh. He's also just thinking about like kind of what's next, I guess. Yeah, just... He's trying to maintain the town. But also, he's having this whole... He had that whole thing of, like, Dudley's becoming the bad guy. That's ah, kind of, like, getting, my style. He gets to do all the cool things. Yeah. Now I'm the good guy. Eh. And that associates with him wearing blue. It's like he's changing. You know? I mean, that little vest he's going is pretty blue. <laughs> yeah. It's so blue, it's a great. Ryan, is he your well, favourite? Sorry, I'm colourblind. We just, I thought we all established this. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Will doesn't understand colours. He doesn't see race. Ryan, is Snidely Whiplash your favourite character in the film? No, I like the fact that the, my favourite character is the Chief's sudden fatigue. The... Chief? Sudden fatigue. Is that his name? No, he just keeps having fatigue suddenly. Oh! And oh, you're personifying his sudden fatigue, I see. I know that the the chiefs, the Indians have stupid names, like no standing room or whatever, but like, my favourite thing, no, that's not my favourite character. My favourite character would have to be Snidely, of course, he's the best. Mm. He's I, I just so. so above everyone else. Because in university, you kind of, you, in our last year, you played a character that's sort of similar to him, I guess. Yeah, in, in the Aesthetically and being yeah. a villain. Um, I like... Yeah, but I love how the chief gets tired sometimes, and he's like, just leave me here, and it's like, why? Then he Does he just want to die? Out. Well, I think... I is, think is, he, the, is this his plea for euthanasia? I think he's, the reason he's not dead is because he keeps having these last minute, wait, no, I, I, I don't want to die. He's, he's just saying euthanize me and then changing his mind. Dude, like, dude, you are not youthful. Dude, I'm pro-euthanasia. I'll euthanize you. Will, you pro-euthanasia? I quite like young Asian people. I think they're pretty good. <laughs> See, we both went to the young thing. In Asia. And Ryan was like, nope. I think I know people. what my favourite scene is. What, what is it? It's a scene where Brendan sits down and he falls over and then the flag falls over behind him. Oh! It's a scene so great, even the movie has to have it like three times. Well, the rule of threes. Yeah. It's the rule of threes, buddy. It's a good thing. Um, Bartek, favourite character for you? Have you said? I think, you know... Favourite character? Um, is it Polish man? He's He's got the best look, but I think <laughs> I, when I saw that, I was like, the, the flag's there. And you're like, that's not Polish flags. Right, 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 buddy. Yeah, for me, it was like, those are the Polish colours, but I'm like, oh, if only it was upside down. Polish people aren't coming to the rescue. The Polish cavalry would not come, you know that. Yeah. Um, look, 
Snidely is just a really fun character, and he's, you know, for, for you could almost argue he is, like, the most primary character in the film, even though he is the antagonist, which by definition means that he is opposing the main character. Um, but I think, as this film is kind of like a good versus evil film, you need to have both of them be the protagonist and antagonist to each other. Mm. Um... So I might have to give it to him simply because he is incredibly entertaining, but I would have to give our resident good character, Brendan Fraser's Dudley Do-Right, a close runner-up. There you go. Uh, Will, favourite character? It's okay. I'm going to go with Snidely's moustache. I knew it! Mm. Especially as it gradually curls more and more as it goes on. It really gives you that sense of progression. Jumping back to what I said earlier, both the films I watched yesterday had, you know, moustaches. Yeah. Moustache. Well, it is Movember, so. There you go. That's why I picked it. You got me. It's it's Movember, so that's why I picked it. It's, is this Moustache Month, Ryan? Every film has someone with a moustache in it. Great. What was last week's film? Observe and report. Yeah, 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 that I got. Well, Seth Rogen was notably shaven in that film. Well, yeah, but, you know, other people had moustaches. No, but Michael Pena did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nailed it. Mm. I've pre-planned this all along. And the reveal is Eric Idle is the first husband of Canada. (laughs) That's the reveal. Yeah, he just became it, I believe it was. He just became first husband of Canada after finding gold. Hey, look, Snidey's... Snidely's black again. Ooh. Which is what he wants. Ooh. Yeah, that's what he wants. And Homer became black too, but he's kind of got, like, you know, orange shirt. I love, um, just everything about this film. I you do know, too. I'm upset it's ending. Film is too strong a word to use, because, you know, sometimes saying film can be a bit intimidating. I think this should be called art. You know, like, this is art. What's the difference between art and a film? It's really all subjective, you know. But, like, a film could be, you know... I think I will have to put a film as one that's on a level appreciated. This is a piece of art. And art kind of evokes uh, superiority to film. Even though one's appreciated more than the other. doesn't mean it's better. Yeah, I I could definitely see where this... not debate, but this, like... Conversation. Duality is coming from. Dialogue. But we can at least say that it is a masterpiece, especially just from this alone. Yeah. Oh, and how do you end the film? Horse nose. Mm. That's the, how I wanted it. If you end. look at the end of a horse nose, you know, the black part from a certain angle, it kind of looks like a frog. You mean the nostrils? Mm-hmm. And, but the mouth as well. It looks like a frog. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. Did you know that horses are fucking ugly? <laughs> But everyone paints them. Rude. A lot of people love uh, horses. Put beautiful style adjectives towards horses. Too. Yeah, well, they're wrong too. You know what? I love. Um, even though Eric Idle's character has a name throughout the entire movie, they just list him on the credits and on IMDb as just the prospector. Nothing else. He, yeah. he has, his name's like Darling, something Darling. They make a big deal about his name. He's not just like the prospect. They he goes just, on they TV. They just call him by his initial uh, occupation. Yeah. You know, that's how they should name all the characters. Dudley shouldn't be Dudley Do-Right. It should be kid Mountaineer. Be, uh, kid who wants to be Mountaineer. Oh, no, that'd be the well, child. Well, I mean, horse is horse, so... Horse is horse. 
And then, um, and then Snidely can be mayor. Well, no, his initial thing was bad guy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah but he has to have you a know? real job title, buddy. You know what I mean? So he becomes criminal outlaw. Outlaw. Outlaw, and then mayor, and then you you already have Inspector Fenwick, so he can just be Inspector or Dad. No, Inspector. He's more of an Inspector than he is a Dad. Okay. In this film, and then you can have um, Homer. He can be. Oh, no, he had a job. Homer had a job. He was a judge yeah, of slurry. Yeah. Uh, foreman of slurry. And then Will Brooks, his name is no longer Will. His, his name is um, um, Admin Assistant. Initial guest. And initial guest, you, Bartek. OG guest, in fact. Bartek, you are no longer Bartek, but student. Student. Because you're a student, you don't have a job. Well, yeah. We're talking about initial occupation though oh initial occupation well then we'd all be just like newborns I guess yeah we're all just (laughs) students if you want to go towards careers as well because people look at student as a career so you're student and you're a guy who and I'm a bum (laughs) there you go I was about to reveal your actual occupation but I'm like ooh shouldn't say that ooh find me motherfuckers secret Ryan carries sticks film has ended I carry sticks Al Gunn was a standby carpenter he did a great job oh man construction coordinator was Doug what was that Doug Hartwick <laughs> he did a good job man I hope I got your last name right because I saw it for a millisecond he's on a board of is it oh Ross I thought it said oh, Boss Steel. <laughs> okay let's get to our reviews and ratings I'm gonna give this a review and a rating uh, the review well what do you say about a film like this I'll tell you what you say you say thank you Jay Ward the creator of the character if it wasn't for you we wouldn't be enjoying this film this character this property this story this world this idea this humour I say thank you as should everyone they should all say thanks T-Y T-H-X thanks Mm -hmm. K-K KKK is the initials for thank you very much, Jay Ward. Um, I don't, you know what? This film's left me a bit speechless. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of grasping for words to, to what I say in this kind of review. And, and it's going to be a great review, even despite that. Yeah, it's great review, like they are always. And, and you know, the thing is, this is a film. Even though I said it wasn't a moment ago, it is. It's an artwork. You should all own a copy of this and be proud. If you're Canadian, I imagine that you're given this at birth, even if you were born before the film. You know? That's how much pride Canada has in this film. Bruce's catering did a good job as well. I just want to point out their contribution Bruce to the film. Bruce did well too. Yeah. Um, I love Robert If Shepard. I have to give this a rating, which I do, it would be a green out of yellow. Hmm. Will, let's hear from you. you know, the green did come out of the yellow, so that's perfect. <laughs> exactly, that's why it, I said it's, it. It's difficult to quite put the richness and majesty of this film into words. It's a, it's a very thick... It's a film thick with beauty and depth, like uh, maple syrup. <laughs> As I was watching this film, I mostly sat impassive, not really having much of an emotional reaction. That's what the film and wants. And when... A film does that to you. You know you're you're having a great time. It's it's a great movie. I feel I have to agree with James from my high school. It's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Is that even what I said before? Yeah, probably. Yeah, it was. It's pretty great. 
<laughs> a rating? It's pretty great out of DD. DD, there you go. Bartek, let's hear from you! Are you born to be wild? Let's hear from you. Throughout the past couple of minutes, there Even have been... Even got do right by me? <laughs> they do. They do 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 that. They did that right. <clears throat> Throughout the past couple of minutes, you know, we've been kind of randomly reading the credits, and I, I will say I did it too. I noticed that a couple of times they listed Best Boy... And, you know, Who is the best boy? Well, one of them was Gus Oliva, and then the other one was, like, something else. Um, but I couldn't help but notice that they were just giving, like, little individual names. I think, truly, the best boy was everyone involved in the film. And, you know, it, boy is not, like, a literal thing. It's kind of like how in, in humanity when we say, oh, this is a two-man job. It's not literally talking about, you know, males. It's talking about, you know, in, in, in units, human units. Yeah. I think that when they say best boy, they're just like being you know, a little childish version of the word man, which just means units. So it's like best individual units, all of them. Yeah. Everyone involved with this film was the, quote, best boy. No, sorry. Best isn't in quotes. Boys in quote. Yeah. Best is just literal. Boy is the quote. Yeah. I think... Yeah, this film is an amazing achievement in comedy. This is a film that, you know, it might not be classified as, you know, like a parody or a homage to to any sort of genre, but I think that it did that without even trying to. Mm. I think that maybe when they were making the film, they just said, hey, let's adapt this story that we've already done in a five-minute short that only Will and Ryan will have watched they're, talk- they're, they're thinking ahead to when we did this episode when they say that. Yeah. Um, and Bartek can watch the one with the train tracks. Uh, we think that we should just do a good adaptation of that live action. We'll get Alfred Molina, we'll get Brandon Fraser, we'll get Sarah Jessica Parker, we'll get that Polish guy over there. He looks very Polish, by the way. Prosky. Richard Prosky. I, th- I hope it's Richard. <laughs> You're I've been saying Richard Prosky this whole time. And then you're wrong. It was actually Bartek Prosky <laughs> the entire time. We just watched the credits, but we didn't look at that. Oh, um, Prosky. It's a film that has definitely inspired a lot of things. Like I said that I found an allusion to the GTA radio, which GTA 3 wasn't made until maybe four years after this film. Oh-ho. So clearly this film's writing, this film's comedy, could have been an inspiration to Mr. Dan Hauser and Laszlo Jones when they were making the comedy of those games. This film, I think, has also inspired the post-coming era of the written comedies that we've talked about many yeah. times on this show. I think that also it's fair to say that it's as deep as it is, it's not that deep. I think it took this simple idea, ran with it well, did it well, 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 well. That's that's your review. Well, that's well. that's going to be the quote on the top of the Wikipedia, the TV. On the DVD, the on the DVD. Page, the DVDs. Well, well, well. <laughs> it ran with it well, it did it well, 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 well. This is a well film. It is a well, you know, like the thing that has water, but like the water's a metaphor for greatness if you want greatness come to this well the well being dudley do right from 1999 if i have to give this film a rating i give it 
a hmm I give it a nine thousand six hundred and sixty one points. That's a lot of points. It's a number that I said earlier this episode. Well, we've got some comments and reviews to read. Some comments from YouTube and some reviews from IMDB. I'm going to read the first... You are DB? IMDB, I am. You are DB? Um, I'm going to read the first one. Bartik, you can give us some comments. So you're going to read the reviews, just to be clear. uh, Will's going to read some reviews. I'm going to read a review for you. But I'm the comments guy. Yeah, the comments boy. Yeah. You're the best boy for comments. This one's called, Well, I'm not ashamed. I had fun. And this was written in 1999. So the 30th of August. So this film had just come out. My brother hadn't even been born yet. All right. My brother was June. All right. This was August. Um, when For some it... reason, I thought you said, like, March or April. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my brother wasn't born then. <laughs> when was it? June. <laughs> Far out. I just All said right. the A, and I'm like, April, no. All right. All of you serious movie lovers, this is not the movie for you. This is a movie for people who A, enjoyed the cartoon, and B, like going to the movies for fun and not just for the spiritual enlightenment. To be honest, when the movie started and that familiar curtain rose on the cartoon Dudley back uh, on the cartoon Dudley backwards astrides his horse, I wanted to cheer, but I had a mouthful of popcorn at the time. <laughs> The casting of the leads is nearly impeccable. Brendan Fraser is the only actor who could play this role with complete earnestness. Alfred Molina simply steals the movie a snidely whiplash, a role he seemed to relish as he chewed every piece of scenery he could lay his teeth on. Sarah Jessica Parker was pretty unremarkable as Nell, though. Fortunately, she doesn't get in the way of the fun. Finally, Eric Idle adds some truly memorable comedic moments as Dudley's mountain man mentor. Go expecting nothing more than an unrepentantly silly movie which lasts a mere hour and 20 minutes. And there's a cartoon to boot! It's fun! Go and laugh. That's the end of that. Mm. Bartek, what did YouTube have to say? Now, to clarify, did you get these from where exactly on YouTube? You know, it's a large place. Did you just have to type in... Dudley do write YouTube comments into the search bar. How does YouTube work? What is it? So you go to http colon forward slash forward slash www.youtube.com. You can add another forward slash if you want. Forward slash. Press the enter button. At the top you will see, not the address bar, but a search bar um, for the YouTube website. Um, You click using the left mouse button after you mm-hmm. aim the cursor on the address button you just type in Dudley do right it's d-u-d-l-e-y you can enter the space bar which is the big button on your keyboard um if you have a keyboard then you write d-o and then hyphen which you might also call the minus button or a, or a little like horizontal line um, not yeah. the underscore the one that's like in the middle of the character space not the bottom um, then R-I-G-H-T, which that's not rigged, it's right. Oh, go, go, that's good. I almost worried and there. And then when you enter the, well, when you press the enter button, you, enter you will see a bunch of YouTube videos. And the top one is most likely going to be the official trailer, which was uploaded 
about three years ago. But the film didn't come out three years ago. It came I, out longer than that. I know, it came out in 1999, but I think the trailer was only uploaded like three years ago. Wait, was YouTube not around in 1999? No. It was oh made in like God. 2004 or 5. Twist. Uh, and Twist then you, it up inside. And then if you click on that, you'll find the video. Um, I, I didn't say with the left mouse button, but I think you've learnt at this point. <laughs> And then you can scroll down, which either means pressing the arrows on the right side of the screen. If your mouse has a scroll bar, you can do that. If you're using a laptop, maybe like the right part of the touchpad will let you scroll down. Or you can just press the down button or the page down button, and that's where you'll find the YouTube comments from the official channel. Oh my god, what, what did they say? I have found... There weren't too many, but I've found five. Alright, is it for you? The first one is... Nowhere near as bad as people say it is. With popcorn and junk drinks, a great Sunday at a matinee with the kids movie. Told you, Sunday matinee, told you. Now this. The next comment is, I remember watching this as a kid after George of the Jungle. I honestly thought George moved to Canada and got civil. Wow. I don't want to say this, but I wrote every single one of these comments. (laughs) Give us one more. Okay. <clears throat> this one is the only one with a response. Oh, I don't want to spoil it, but I think I responded. This person, uh, let's just say that they've made typos, so maybe that typos. says the type of intelligence level they have. <gasps> the first and last word of this comment are both the typoed word. More like Dudley do sheet. <laughs> Shite, sheet. Yeah. They spelt more like M-O-A-R and shit as S-H-E-I-T. So they thought that this movie was more like Dudley do shit. <laughs> and the response? You don't know shit. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Oh. Oh. Will, Ooh. you have some comments and comments reviews. Comments or reviews? Reviews it's from IMDB. Okay. It's okay, Bartek, just reviews. I'm the YouTube. I'm not encroaching on I'm the me Give us me. some of these beautiful com- reviews. Statements of facts. Testimonies. Then I'd be Dudley Do Wrong <laughs> by author Bozo from Nowhere from the 4th of October 2007. Oh this review may contain spoilers. Spoiler alert, guys! This movie wasn't bad at all. I first say it when I was about ten. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Eight years later, I still think it's funny. The best scenes have to be the ones with Snidely. Forgive the spelling, though it's actually spelled right. <laughs> like the DD scene, where he asks his goons what the letters DD are doing in the wall in books. <laughs> and they all try to guess what DD stands for. Also, a great scene is where he's painting, then Dudley rides up and just keeps outsmarting him in everything. Quotes It's paint by numbers. You're not wearing black, Snidely. That's dark blue. Classic. (laughs) You gotta love how Snidely tricks 999 criminals to going to Africa to get him, even though he's standing right there wearing a bandana over his face. And the mustache. (laughs) It's also a riot how he refers to himself as the bad guy throughout the film. Overall... Good movie, not the best, 
but it's still fun to watch. Fun to watch. I think the movie was made for this person. Do you have another one there you want to read us? Better than I expected. It's better than you expected. Author Sean Watson from the Penumbra. Uh, the penumbra, you know, with a shadow. <laughs> the umbra is the darker part of yeah, the shadow, yeah, yeah. and the penumbra is the sort of lighter. The edge. Yeah. Oh, oh the yeah, edge. from the edge of darkness. Flashbacks to like year nine science. Now. So, like, so that's yeah. a penumbra. I don't know what the penumbra <laughs> is, but that's where Sean Watson is from. And this review is from the second of June, two thousand. Oh my god! I though this film was going to be nothing but juvenile nonsense. How pleased I was when I discovered that it was a lot livelier and energetic than I predicted. The voiceover never once annoyed me as I thought it would, and everyone in this movie seems to go overboard with their characters. Yet, despite all the energy and frenetic comedy, the film never feels indulgent. The plot is, of course... Nonsense. But then again, you hardly want a family movie to have a labyrinth plot. Dudley Do-Right may have flopped, but I don't know why. It's in the same field as the terrible Waterboy, but that made over a hundred million dollars. This I won't understand. Maybe it's only because Canadians will truly love the intellectually challenged Mountie. Ah, so they reveal they're from Canada. Ha ha ha, figure that out. So that's where the penumbra I loved is. They want children's films not with plot lines like a lab, like Labyrinth, the movie. It's like, that's a children's film. I guess they're saying, too elaborate. Bartek, finish us off here. YouTube, bring it home. The second last comment is... <clears throat> what the... What the even... Well, I guess there has to be a humanized something in this world. Forward slash hyphen forward slash. Well, I guess there has to be. <laughs> yes, there has to be. <laughs> you guys want to like, I don't know, refute Get? that? Or do you <laughs> no. agree with it? No, I, 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 I think I'd have to understand what's going on <laughs> no. to re- try and refute it. <laughs> No, I agree. But I never said I get what he's saying. Because I wrote it. And I... <laughs> I know me. I know me and I know what I'm saying. What am I saying? I don't want to reveal it on the podcast. Well, I guess there has to be a human something in this world, forward slash, hyphen, forward slash. I'll just have to trust you, Ryan. I've been wrong like five times in this review. But you understand this movie, so you must be right. I, I understand, I, I understand. dispute it. Forward slash, you know, hyphen, forward slash, go on. The last comment is, Lame asses below don't know funny when they see it. I know what I'm saying. I know what I'm that saying. was fucking savage. <laughs> I'm really sad. So you guys have been fantastic, amazing, wonderful, superfluous, stupendous listening people, and as always, you can help us out. That's right. You want to give us a thumbs up? You can. We're not threatening you. You know, give us a five star on iTunes, or give us a message saying good job, lads. Or a review. Or a review, whatever. Or like the page on Facebook. You know, Tell go, a friend. Go on IMDb. And you type in IMDb. Here's what we're going to do, right? If you're real listeners of the show and you really love us, you know, I'm just saying. Go on IMDb. Make an account. Log into that account. Right? <laughs> you're holding your seat there. Right in the film that we're going to be covering, we're going to cover in the future called Arthur. 
with Russell Brand, and your your review title should be, Hey boys, it's me. Type in your name, 10 stars, and we're going to read it. You know? well, if you do that, we will definitely read it. We'll read it. And we'll do Arthur. That's true. <laughs> and we'll do Arthur. Or I'll read that when we're doing a completely different movie and it'll throw you. Um, because you have to listen to every episode to find out if I'm going to read it or not. So go to Arthur, flood that, make it an eight-star yeah. movie. We, we might have even read your you know review before this episode. <laughs> so you have to listen back to all the 90 episodes. Yeah, it might be in Thunderpants, might be in you know Flipper. Might be, might be in this episode. You have to re-listen to it. Might be bringing down the house. Um, you know, we're on YouTube, Facebook, all that. Just type Spin Polish Presents, and you know, have fun or don't. I'm not, I'm not your boss. You know, I'm just your friendly neighborhood podcasting man. Um, will as always a pleasure. Bartek, it was a pleasure. As always, tolerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Same to you. Oh, thanks, buddy. And you guys at home, remember to be kind to each other. Always. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Mm. Mm. Hey. yeah. Will, um, say something unexpected. The episode's still going. Ryan, is that a violin in your corner? <laughs> yes! Do you want to play the violin, Will? Do you want to play my tiny violin for the audience? Seems a bit risky, but I'll give it a go. No, no, no. I don't think I'm getting a good grasp here. I haven't been through proper training. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Ryan. I think I've damaged your violin. Could I try it? Yeah, yeah sure. Be, be careful. <laughs> it's made out of real mahogany. All right. Just testing it. Testing. No, it really is broken. Yeah. Sorry I had to sell your ears with that, guys. But, you know, what the... What the even? Well, I guess there has to be humanized something in this world. Forward slash... Hyphen. Forward slash...